Merry Christmas uh, and welcome to Providence. If you are uh, like me, and some of you are, are definitely going to be this, you have been up for a while now. Um, we don't allow our kids to get out of bed on Christmas morning until 6 a.m., um, but they have been awake since about 4 a.m., so that means we have been awake since 4 a.m. because they've come into, uh, you know, came into our room and asked, can they get up, can they get up, can they get up, and uh, no, go back to bed. Um, but Merry, Merry Christmas. As you think about Christmas and just with that idea of, you know, kids waking up early and being all excited, um, it's just, Christmas is just kind of a magical time, I use that in a colloquial terms, magical, you know, in quotation marks, it's just a very magical time. And one of the things that, um, that is just most magical to me and just one of the greatest memories I have just growing up uh, as I think back, um, is the night of Christmas Eve rolling over into to Christmas morning. Um, in the small Presbyterian church that I grew up in, we had our Christmas Eve service a little later in the evening, usually 7.30 or 8. And one of the things that was great about that is it just really kind of honed you in just before bed on what Christmas is all about. That it's not about toys and presents and gifts. It's not about... Um, not about, you know, Cousin Eddie. It's not about uh, a wonderful life, as great of a movie as that is. It's not about Rudolph. It's not about uh, Frosty. Um, it's not about, you know, all of these things. It's not even about football and, and food and family, as great as all of that is. Christmas is ultimately about the incarnation of Christ, that God clothed himself with flesh to come and rescue sinners like me and like you. It's about the fact that God kept his promise and that the longing and the expectation that the Israelites had and felt was finally realized with the birth of the Messiah. And so on that Christmas Eve night, as a soloist would sing, O Holy Night, and we would walk out of here. Well, we were there. It's not that different from what we do here, though. We'd walk out of here with candles lit, singing Silent Night. It would just fill my heart with just an awe um, and just a silent and very quiet, but confident just wonder at the fact that God had come to rescue humanity. And very personally, that He had done that for me. He'd come to rescue me. And so we'd go home, and those sorts of things are going on in my mind, and pretty quick it'd be time to go to bed. And uh, in you know, our house, the way we decorated, like out in the country, to defeat your neighbors in decorating, it didn't take a whole lot because there weren't any. And so all we did was put some little you know, plug-in candles in the windows uh, and every night before bed, I would, I would unplug that. But on, on Christmas Eve night, I would leave it on all night long. Um, just, you know, just, I just like that. Even the symbolism, just there's a light shining in the darkness. And, and I would sometimes uh, turn on my little 13-inch black and white television uh, and, and turn the dial and get my rabbit ears and get that adjusted and maybe watch another Christmas Eve service or even a midnight mass and... Uh, it was in the Handel's Messiah and the Hallelujah Chorus. And again, just there in the dark of my room, 
after what we had seen and experienced in the Lord's Supper and Christmas Eve, and hearing, you know, this, this hallelujah chorus, just again, just kind of filled with this awe and wonder of, of who God is and, and, and what Christ, you know, who Christ is and what He's done. And just have this sense of just an overriding and prevailing sense of hope and, 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 and a humble but confident joy and the sense of love and this sense of an overriding sense of peace. A peace that I don't always feel. A peace that I want to feel. And a peace that I know that in those moments, got just kind of an appetizer of, just a little foretaste of a peace that, that will come one day. Because Christ has come. And is coming and will come again. And that's one of the most magical things about Christmas for me. This, this peace that we all long for and this peace that our world so desperately needs and this peace that I even just got kind of a foretaste of a far greater peace than that will come. Will come. Now, on the one hand, it has come, right? Because since Christ has come, He's brought peace between mankind, sinful man, and holy God. Through His life and His death and His resurrection, we're no longer, those who repent and believe, are no longer enemies with God. We're now sons and daughters. We've been adopted into His family and He sees us now as holy and blameless, not because of anything we've done, but because of what Jesus did for us in His life and His death and His resurrection. So in that sense, He's brought peace already. And then Jesus also gives peace, even as John was talking earlier or praying earlier. And Jesus gives us a peace that passes understanding in difficulty, in heartache, in despair and in tragedy and in suffering. And so Jesus has brought peace and, and he gives peace, but he's going to bring peace. Like he's, he's bringing a far greater peace. Like so many promises of the Old Testament, the promise of, of peace has an idea of, of both. It's, it's already here, but it's not yet fully realized. This is an already not yet paradigm. Like God, Jesus has already given us love and joy and hope and peace. And he's given us forgiveness of sins and eternal life and salvation. All these things have already happened for those who repent and believe, but they're not yet fully realized. And so there's this idea, this paradigm, this already but not yet paradigm. But the fact that Christ lived and died and resurrected and ascended and has promised to come again guarantees that there is a forever and unmovable, unending peace that will come upon the entire universe. And that's really the depth of peace that you read about in the Old Testament when it's speaking of the prophecies of the coming of Christ. See, a lot of times the Old Testament prophecies of Christ's coming reign and rule kind of blur the line between His first advent, what we're celebrating right now, when He was born as a baby and lived 33 years and died and rose again and ascended back to the Father. Between, it kind of blurs the lines between His first advent and His second advent. 
when he will come again, but not as a baby this time, but as a warrior king on a white horse, bringing the new heavens and the new earth with him, making all that's gone wrong in the world right again. He come, when he comes and finishes what he started in Bethlehem. And so the Old Testament a lot of times blurs these lines. And so when you read, for example, Isaiah chapter 9, we quoted this responsibly just a few minutes ago. Written 700 years before the birth of Christ. It says this, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You've multiplied the nation. You've increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And so some of that is part of Jesus's first advent. A son is given, a child has been given to us. And some of that is waiting for Jesus's second advent. And so just as the Israelites in longing and expectation of the Messiah reminded themselves of how God had delivered them from Pharaoh's hand with signs and wonders, and they rehearsed this truth that just as he had rescued them then, he could do it again. And it gave them a, a sense of hope and a sense of peace in the midst of darkness Brothers and sisters, in the midst of our darkness and in the midst of whatever's going on in your life, in the midst of our lives, we have this same hope because Messiah will appear again, but not this time as a baby, but again as a conquering king who will come to crush sin and death forever. I mean, that's what we sing about in here last night and this morning. We don't just sing Christmas carols. We don't just sing Christmas songs. We sing freedom songs. Captives set free. Sin and death done away with. New heavens, new earth coming. All that's gone wrong made right. Justice rolling down like a river. And peace eternally pervading the earth. Because the Prince of Peace, Isaiah chapter 9, will be on His eternal throne. And of the increase of His government and of peace. Did you hear that? The increase of His government and of peace. There will be no end. On the throne of David and over His kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth, and forevermore. 
the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And He has done it. First Advent. And He will do it. Second Advent. And so yes and amen. Glory to God in the highest. It's all about the glory of God. And on earth, peace now in our hearts and someday forevermore in reality. Peace among those with whom He is pleased. Peace among those who have placed their faith and hope and trust in Christ. That's one of the magical things of Christmas. And it's the true end of that foretaste that some of us get on those holy nights. God keeps His promises. Always has. Always will. And Jesus has come. And He's coming again. And so, eternally, have yourself a merry little Christmas. Because of the increase of His government and of peace, there will be no end. Let's pray together. Father, we thank You for the truth of Your Word. We thank You for the truth of the salvation You have brought and that You generously and mercifully and gracefully give to all who will repent and believe. Father, we thank You for this peace that will come. We thank You that You will come and finish what started really in the very beginning and then was given sight at Bethlehem. And of the increase of Your government and of peace, there will be no end. We love You. We bless You. We thank You for Your grace and mercy towards us in Christ. And it's in His name we pray. Amen.